sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Play it. The Cubs win the World Series. You are locked on Cubs. Your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. But we didn't come here to drink beer. We came here to win this ball game. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I said to the Uber boy, I said, take me out with the crowd. What's going on, Cubs fans? You're listening to Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Sean Sears, and on today's episode, we bring on Doug Gladstone. He's an author of the book, A Bitter Cup of Coffee. You can find Doug on Twitter at Gladstone Writer. Um, Doug wrote the book, as I mentioned, A Bitter Cup of Coffee, which focuses heavily on uh, the fact that there were, at one point, 874 players currently, as Doug corrects me in this podcast, there's only 614 of these players remaining who played between the years of 1947 and stopped playing baseball before 1980 and did not qualify for the league's benefits and pension plan. After 1980, baseball changed the way it allowed players to basically enroll and get covered through their benefits plan. Players, instead of having to play four seasons, had to play just one game to be allowed to buy into the Players Association's uh, insurance policy, their benefits package. And then after 43 days, they could then look into uh, getting uh, excuse me, health insurance after one day, benefits after 43 days, which included a pension. That's how that has changed, and that's how it currently works now in baseball. But for all these players at the time, 874 of them, they were not included in this deal. They didn't find them a way to get them their pensions, their benefits. And a lot of these guys are simply just off by days or, or weeks, or some of them got a chance to were up for the with the team for, you know, however long a days it was, it, it, it and just did just barely short of qualifying. Doug has been going to bat for these players to try and get them insured. Um it hasn't quite worked out the way he's hoping for, but Doug has a really compelling story to share about a lot of these players, players that he's worked with specifically to try and get their benefits. He's gone to bat and he's been in battle with the MLBPA, the MLB itself, multiple different journalists, media people throughout these last 15 plus years almost of Doug working on this issue. So I brought him on my podcast because he's been talking to me nonstop about this. And the more I've looked into this, especially after he shared a couple chapters of his book with me, um, the more compelled I felt I needed to share this issue. Um, this is something that I, I think is a no-brainer slam dunk of a move for baseball to not only win people's opinions back, to get some goodwill back, as well as just solve an issue that should be solved. And we're seeing baseball kind of retroactively go back and try and fix certain things. Obviously, the Negro Leagues have been acknowledged in those players as well. That's huge and took way too damn long to happen. More of these things should be happening and getting these players taken care of. Some of these guys who truly need this medical insurance or just, just to be covered, just to be able to help their families you know, do whatever it is they need to do. These guys are getting older and are passing away. And the frustrating part about a lot of these pension plans, the few that do have these plans, these plans die with them. They don't roll over to their spouses or any type of beneficiary. This money just ends and disappears from baseball. And that should not be how this works, especially when you talk about what some of these players had to do to play baseball. It's frustrating. And Doug, you can feel it, has been trying as hard as he can to get people to pay attention to this issue. So I felt like it was a time to bring him on the podcast. So this is a longer episode. I thought about cutting this into two, but I just thought the issue was too important and Doug has waited too long to have his podcast cut in two. So I'm giving him the full, it's a 45 minute episode. So be prepared, but Doug's a funny guy. He shares a lot of really cool stories that only a guy who's truly been talking with former players can share. And a lot of this stuff is just really cool, but at the same time too, just headbangingly frustrating because realistically, as Doug mentions here on this podcast, $6 million plus million would be enough to just get these guys a benefit package and a pension plan that doesn't just end when they pass away. It goes on to other parts of their family. Baseball can take care of these guys without really having to spend a lot of money. They just won't. They're not doing it. They're ignoring Doug. He's been blocked by multiple people in the players, including the player association on Twitter. Uh, the MLBPA, Doug cannot interact with them because he has asked them too many times why they're not handling an issue that should be 
pretty quick to fix. So we talk about this on this podcast, but he does implore people to reach out. So if you guys have any questions, email bittercupofcoffee at gmail.com. That'll get you right to Doug. He'll tell you, answer any questions you may have. But on this podcast, we share some information. I'm going to share that at the end of this show. But with that, here is our interview with Doug Gladstone. Actually, just kidding. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Head to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN to get yourself 20% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com using promo code LOCKDOWN. Now, here's Doug Gladstone. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into a bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer. There's only one place that has you covered, and the one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. But with NFL games coming up, obviously tons of college football, we've got NBA starting officially. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKDOWN to receive 50% off on your welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partners at BetOnline underscore AG on social media to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code LOCKDOWN when you sign up for your bonus. Hey guys, Sean Sears here from Lockdown Cubs to talk to you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is one of the best tasting protein bars I've ever had. I know I talk to you guys about this all the time, but Built Bar is not only one of the best tasting protein bars with flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake. It's a new one I've been trying. Uh, those are all new flavors, but they've got their original flavors too, like peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie. I love mint brownie that's been my breakfast of choice the last couple of years or a couple of years a couple of months now but the bars are 100 covered in chocolate super easy to chew soft but the best thing about them is they're healthy they're great for the health conscious guy uh, losing weight whether that's losing maintaining weight it's a nice treat to indulge yourself with they're low calorie low sugar high fiber high protein it's great for the keto diet if you're trying to lose weight during uh quarantine here right now but take for instance the uh cherry baraka 17 grams of protein 130 calories four grams of sugar four grams of net carbs that is incredibly healthy for you is good for you obviously but also tastes really good it's a nice snack to have throughout the day it's better than me chewing on like i don't know a donut i'm a big fan of goldfish and chips and crackers it's nice to be able to just eat one of these protein bars i'm relatively full i don't snack throughout the day and i'm ready to eat dinner later on in the day it's nice i don't spoil my meal and my girlfriend doesn't get mad at me when i don't want to eat the dinner she just made but <laughs> built bar has the promo code locked on to get yourself 20 percent off your next order so you head to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on you save yourself 20 percent off your next order of built bars they're delicious they're nutritious they're easy to bring anywhere on the go. Great snack for work from home. Head to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN. Save yourself 20% off and give these guys a shout out. They've been doing awesome work for the Lockdown Network and are making some of the best protein bars you'll ever have. All right, Cubs fans, joining me on the line today here is Doug Gladstone. He's the author of A Bitter Cup of Coffee. You can find him on Twitter at Doug Gladstone, or geez, oh my gosh, how did I do that again? <laughs> you can find him on Twitter at Gladstone Rider. But Doug, thanks for being on the show today. How are you doing? Oh, thank you, Sean. I appreciate it. Uh, you got your nerves out of, out of the way now? I guess so, apparently. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> well, mostly I thought the guests were the ones who you had to worry about. I guess Mom so. Being nervous, but uh, teach their own. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Um, well, Doug, I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show today. I know you've, you and I have communicated a few times, and I've, I know you've sent me multiple messages about this issue. But obviously, your book, A Bitter Cup of Coffee, talks a lot about um, uh, players who just simply aren't eligible for the benefits here with the Major League Players Association, and it's been kind of a strange situation, especially considering all the other CBA agreements that have come through. But your book kind of outlines that there are specifically 874 players that are not eligible for the benefits after the 1980 season. Um, you yourself have reached out to multiple people. It doesn't sound like there's getting a lot of traction. I guess this issue is really serious. Why are people not taking it as serious? Well, first of all, I'm going to correct you. When the book initially came out, mm -hmm. um, there were 874 players still alive. Um, the Major League Baseball, the, the employer, the league said there were 905. We're quibbling over you know, a couple of uh, human beings. Uh, today, there are only 614 of these men who were left. 
Uh, let me give your listeners um, a, a brief, very his, a very brief history lesson um, before I answer your question. Uh, prior to 1980, a player needed four years of service credit uh, to be eligible for a pension and also be eligible to buy into the Major League Baseball um, health plan. In May of 1980, the Memorial Day weekend, I don't know how many of your listeners remember um, this weekend, the players were set to strike. And the hot button issue of that time was the direct compensation to the clubs for every free agent signed. So the negotiator for the league, uh, Ray Greeby, who was the former head of the air traffic controller, um, went to the late Marvin Miller, of course, the uh, the foremost labor economist, um, truthfully, that, that players in unions have ever uh, known. And he went to uh, Marvin and Don Fear, and he said, look, if you just forget about that issue. Uh, like in The Godfather, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. And that is, and this is the way it's been for the past 41 years. Uh, pardon me. Let's see. Am I doing the math right? Yeah, 41 years. Yeah. Okay. I see. See, Sean. Now we're even. You had <laughs> at first. Now um, I'm the. I'm. I'm also mumbling. Um, so yeah, for the past forty-one years, it's been like this. Uh, and and what it is is as follows: instead of four years, any player since May of nineteen eighty has only needed. 43 game days to be eligible for a pension. And after one game, they are eligible to buy into health insurance. Now, that is a sweetheart of a deal. I don't begrudge the players from uh, from getting that out of Ray Greeby in the league. Um, here's what I have a problem with. There were individuals, I'll, I'll name, for example, all the Cubs affected. Uh, Gene Heiser, his roommate, Carmen Fanzone, Jimmy Qualls, Don Young, Sterling Slaughter, Kuno Barrigan, um, Darcy Fast. All of these men had more than 43 game days but less than four years. So what I've been saying is, well, why weren't they retroactively included in this sweetheart of a deal? Um, Don Fear, I was fortunate enough to get him. And if your readers read the book, uh, there's a, a verbal clash <laughs> that uh, Don Fear and I had. Um, he basically said, look, uh, the league made us an offer to go forward. They didn't make an offer going backwards. And for the benefit of our rank and file, we accepted. Uh, let's flash forward to November of 2009 uh, on Veterans Day. And I had the honor and privilege of talking to the late Marvin Miller. And he told me, you know what, if I had to do it all over again, I would have insisted upon retroactively including uh, this affected cohort. So now we go to April of 2011. First iteration of my book has been out for over a year. The late Michael Weiner goes to uh, former commissioner Bud Selig and he says, you know, I want to do right by these men. I'm going to try and give them something. I don't mind. My players don't mind. Uh, let's take money out of what 
has always been euphemistically referred to as the Steinbrenner luxury tax, the, the competitive balance tax, the CBT. Let's take money out of that and pay these men $625 for every 43 game days of service that they have accrued on a major league roster up to $10,000. Now that's before, before taxes are taken out. So, um, For example, I'll keep it in Chicago. A man like uh, Rich Hinton, who had three tours of duty with the Chicago White Sox uh, and who had three and a half years of service credit spread out over six years, he comes home with a net, with a net of $6,262 every year. Not vested. A vested player, and, and of course, this is contingent upon how many years you have and what your final average salary is. A vested player can make up to the maximum of $230,000. So let me give you an example, Sean. The Cubs call you up on August 15th. You spend six weeks on their roster. They don't go into the playoffs. Um, that is roughly 43 game days. You don't pick up a bat. You don't pick up a glove. You don't pinch run. You just spend 43 game days on the bench riding the pines. Obviously, this is an extreme example. But you, at the age of 62, you're going to get a pension that can be passed on to your loved ones or your spouse, whoever you designate as your beneficiary of currently $3,589. But the money that Darcy Fast and Carmen Fanzone and Jimmy Qualls and Kuno Barrigan are getting every February, this is a one-time payment a year, not per month, that cannot be passed to their loved ones. Now, you tell me if that's, you know, correct. To me, it is a travesty. It is one of the most unreported stories um, currently in sports. Uh, it is an egregious example of an injustice that has been perpetrated on these men and quite frankly, a lot of the papers out there are complicit in this. Uh, Chris DeLuca, uh, who I believe is the managing editor for the Chicago Sun-Times, he once wrote me an email that says, you know, you keep attacking and attacking and attacking these, uh, the league and uh, the union officials. Um, that's not the way to go about this. And I retorted, uh, you haven't written about this issue, so don't tell me how to go about handling it. Until you write about it, um, you know, you can't question my methods. The only person who has written about this extensively in your neck of the woods, um, I would doff my cap to him if I was wearing one right now, is Barry. Rosner of the Daily Herald. Barry Rosner gets it. The likes of Chris DeLuca um, or Steve Greenberg, they don't get it. I cannot get anyone on um, the NBC affiliate in Chicago um, to talk about this issue. I don't understand why. It is like I am lofting them. I, have throw, I am throwing them the proverbial softball, and they can hit it out of the park. The only explanation I have uh, is that they do not want to lose their credentialed access to the players, to the league, to the union. The Cubs own 
Chris Bryant. He is the players rep for the players union. I have tweeted him. I have tweeted Anthony Rizzo. I have tweeted um, Ian Happ when he was still on the Cubs. I've tweeted John Lester um, and Schwarber. All I get are the sound of crickets. Nobody wants to have the cojones to take on Tony Clark and Steve Rogers, respectively the executive director and the players' liaison, the pension liaison to the union. Um, I like to think that men like Heiser and Fast and Fanzone and Hinton, that the Bryants and Rizzos of the world owe them something. Fanzone et al., were standing on picket lines, going without paychecks, enduring labor stoppages, also that a Chris Bryant or an Anthony Rizzo could reap the benefits of free agency. You know, when he signed his gazillion dollar contract um, two years ago, Jarrett Cole, who's now, of course, um, on the Yankees, said he wanted to thank Marvin Miller, the late Marvin Miller and the late Kurt Flood. Meanwhile, he doesn't answer my, uh, my tweets. So, you know, you have to get the folks out in the Windy City. You have to get them all riled up, if you don't mind me saying. <laughs> I agree with you 100% here, Doug. Um, and I, I think it's interesting you bring up a guy like Chris Bryant, who's who's been very vocal about why he's stuck around in the arbitration process. He's been pushing hard and, and, and obviously him making more money in that arbitration process has allowed players like Cody Bellinger to make a little bit more in that arbitration process. And that's been key, but you would think someone who was so vocal and pushing hard for the current players would want to pay back to the guys who, like you said, really kind of, really kind of took it in the teeth and more so and still are now waiting for these benefits. Um, I know I've mentioned this to you kind of offhandedly when we were talking, but like I, I, I'm a kid whose dad was a plumber. I know how important it is to have union benefits and just benefits in general. But you talk about these benefits. It's not just obviously like, you know, having health insurance is huge. Having a 401k or entire plan insurance policies, those things are great. But when you talk about the gold standard for players and major league baseball's insurance plan comparatively to other insurance plans across the other four major sports it's truly a fantastic coverage plan and there's players who you've worked with and spoken to who, who truly need these benefits absolutely absolutely it's um he wasn't a cub he was a toronto uh blue jay hurler who spent you know maybe two summers um up in the bigs up in the show um, but a fellow like uh, Dennis DeBar, I don't know if you or your listeners uh, remember him, but this is a guy who right now has had his leg amputated um, from the knee up. He would like a little bit more money. Uh, people like Lowell Palmer. Lowell Palmer played with a number of teams, most notably uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, Lowell has had 28 operations. Um, he has filed for Chapter 11 twice. Um, you know, he's only subsisting on SSI and his February payment every year. I don't know how he does it. So that's incredible. When, when I when I say that there are real players who have heartbreaking stories, I am not making this up for dramatic effect. I really am not. That's. I mean, it's obvious at the like you talk about Lolly's seventy three years old and he's somehow scraping by while dealing with serious medical issues. Like how in the world are these people not getting any coverage? It's insane to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, the cynic or the jaded person would say, well, they have bat, uh, the baseball assistance team. Um, I know Dennis has in fact availed himself of, of bat. 
Uh, the late Mike Coburn, the former Chicago White Sox catcher, um, who really was very, very, I mean, he was a poster boy for this issue. At the time of his death, Mike was taking 18 pills and living out of his trailer. Okay. And, um, you know, Mike could have used, and I'm not talking about a pension. I mean, it would be wonderful to retroactively include all of these men back into pension coverage. It can be done. There is no law that says you can't do it. But I'm not, you know, I'm a realist. I'm a pragmatist. I'm not thinking this will ever occur because um, I don't want to break baseball. Um, sure. And Tony Clark would never let it happen because, as I once said, the first duty of any union executive director is to his rank and file, but have a little state for the men who came before you. All I have ever said since Tony Clark became executive director of the union um, is how about increasing the bone that you're throwing these men to a straight $10,000 a man, no taxes taken off, and let for a finite time the monies go to the widows um, when they pass on, to their loved ones, to the kids, to the designated beneficiaries. Um, this would only cost, since there are 614 men left, this would only cost $6.12 million. That's just over $6 million a year. You cannot tell me, Sean, that Chris Bryant or Rizzo um, is going to say boo or miss $6.12 million. Tony Clark, on the other hand, because he's their labor leader, because this money is coming out of the competitive balance tax, he doesn't want to raid that money anymore because every time he does, it's less for his rank and file. Every time one of these men dies, more money goes back into the kitty. You asked at the onset, and I'm sorry if it's taken a while for me. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> and the question you asked, what's the holdup? What's the hangup? Why are people, you know, it, it seems like a no brainer. Why isn't anything being done? Very simply, because the union doesn't have to do anything. Um, I'm not an attorney. I don't play one on TV, but I know <laughs> a little about this issue. I've been, you know, uh, advocating for these men for 12, 13 years. And the retirees do not owe um, former players who, by the way, played, you know, paid union dues too. Mm -hmm. They don't owe these former players like Hinton and Fanzone what is called the duty of fair representation, i.e. they don't have to be their lawyers. So, that's why the union only cares about current members, their rank and file, and future members, because they're the ones who are going to be paying the most union dues. They could care less about the Hintons and the fan zones. Um, and very simply, they're the ones who have to broach it in collective bargaining negotiations mm -hmm. with the league. The league does not have to initiate this. Only the union does. Well, you can imagine, Sean, you know, how often uh, Tony Clark wants to lose $6.14 million. Um, to you and me, in the grand economy of the scheme of things, you know, baseball is an 11 
$0.5 billion industry, maybe even a more. Um, to you and me, this is chump change, $6.15 million. <laughs> uh, but again, the union has to be the one to initiate this in collective bargaining negotiations, not the league. That's why they don't have to do anything. Well, I guess there is a new collective bargaining agreement coming to the table for baseball in the coming years. Um, what can be done to try and get the, I guess, union, the players union to really take this seriously and discuss it in the next CBA? First of all, um, they don't have to wait. They don't have to wait to uh, for when the current CBA expires in December. They can throw a little codicil into um, the 2016 CBA right now, amending that section of the CBA that says uh, what it does about the pre-1980 non-vested players. Wow. Tony Clark and Rob Manfred can tomorrow, whenever this podcast airs, they can call each other up on the phone or Bruce Meyer, the um, the former uh, CBA negotiator under Don Fear, the National Hockey League. He is now working for the Players Union. He can call Rob Manfred right now and say, come on. We're tired of Gladstone squawking. We're tired of Gladstone cutting down trees and sending out press releases uh, to all the journalists. Uh, let's just give Gladstone and most importantly, the men, what they want. A straight $10,000 that can be uh, passed on to their loved ones when they pass. That's It literally can be done right now. And it, it really just seems like morally it, it, that that really should be the thing to do, especially when you consider like what these guys went through to play baseball, especially from 1947 to 1979. It wasn't like baseball. I mean, we were getting closer to that that golden era of baseball a little bit, but like it wasn't necessarily glamorous like it is now. You know, right. the clubhouses weren't the same. There wasn't the same type of money involved in the game. You know, these mm -hmm. guys were were playing baseball because they you know obviously wanted to, but needed to and the fact that that, that that just the the players association as well as the mlb has kind of turned their nose up to them is just it, it's incredibly disappointing because I, I, oh i'm sorry to cut you off you're I, fine I, you're fine go right ahead doug um i i don't know um why an appeal because you know i'm the first one to say legally as you know mm -hmm. legally they don't have a leg to stand on but morally, morally, that's another matter. Now, you were talking about, you know, players from 47, 79, different conditions. You know, they laid the foundation for the Chris Bryants and the Anthony Rizzo's to, um, to cash in. Let me tell you a story. If Major League Baseball, if the union really wanted to do something, they could. Remember a Hall of Famer named Satchel Page? Yes. Okay. Satchel Page was about three quarters of a year shy of being, you know, getting a pension. Back when he played, you needed five years. In 1968, they, they literally call it the Satchel Page rule. Um, that's when the eligibility was lowered to four years. He was going to be the Atlanta Brave pitching coach. Um, he was slotted to actually pitch uh, on occasion, and he earned his pension that way. But the greater story that I want to tell you is about the nephew of Eddie Chicot who, of course, was one of the eight Black Sox players permanently banned. Now, there's a guy who played with the Cleveland Indians in 1959 named Don Dillard. Don Dillard 
is was only 17 game days shy of earning a pension. Um, he is one of the men affected. He gets the most amount of money uh, than anyone else. John, unfortunately, has come down with dementia, and Don does not even remember his time in the game. Um, but Don once told me this story. He was watching a game on television in 1977, and he spotted his former teammate, um, pitcher Al Chicot, who was Eddie Chicot's nephew on the bench of the Detroit Tigers. Now, his former teammate, Al Chicot's last game, so if this is 1977, his last game was 15 years earlier when they were both teammates on uh, and the Cleveland Indians in 1962. Um, pardon me, uh, Chicot was actually a member then of the expansion Houston Colt 45s, who would eventually um, become the Houston Astros. So Don, according to his recollection, saw Chicot on the bench of the Detroit Tigers while he was watching television mm-hmm. in 1977. Don't you think Al Chicot is getting his pension? I, I bet you believe he is now. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> he saw it on TV. It can be done. Let me tell you a greater travesty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, widows are obviously not getting the money that the bone that is being thrown these men. So when Carmen Fanzone passes on, his wife, Sue Rainey, a lot of you may recall her as a, a Grammy-nominated singer, Sue Rainey isn't going to get anything. Let me tell you who else is in that position. A woman by the name of Patty Hilton. To anyone who's ever followed uh, the San Diego Padres, her late husband, Patty, uh, pardon me, Dave Hilton, who was a grad of Rice University, Dave played off and on for four years, um, but his service time was only two and a half. So Dave... At the time of his death in September of 2017, if he was grossing $5,500 and coming home with about $3,800, that was a lot. When Dave died, don't you think, in 2018, Patty never got that payment? The reason why I... And talking to you and your listeners about Patty's situation is that Dave Hilton also used to be first base coach of the Milwaukee Brewers in 1987 and 1988. So you would say, well, Doug, that's way past the 1980 cutoff. Well, there was a wink, wink, nod, nod type of agreement back then. Today, of course, you know, if you're on the coaching staff of of a team, hell, if you're the videographer for the team, you might be getting a pension. But the bullpen coach, you know, gets one. Everyone gets one. Not Dave Hilton. In 87 and 88, that wink, wink, nod, nod agreement between the union and the league only allowed four coaches to get pension creditable service. Dave Hilton is screwed again. So not only is he screwed out of his time, not only rather is Patty Hilton screwed out of the pension 
or the bone. It's really not a pension. It's technically a non-qualified retirement annuity that all these men get um, every February. Not only does Patty not get that, but because Dave wasn't one of the four coaches allowed to get pension creditable service in 87 and 88, she doesn't get that money either. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I really don't. I, I don't get how that could even be possible, especially when you're talking about you know, in 87 and 88, Hilton yep. not being able to get that and other coaches being allotted that service time as well. It's just, uh, it's not even a gray area. It's just. <laughs> now, let me, let me, let me tell you where I left things with um, the great, uh, I mean, you know, give credit where credit is due. Give the devil his, uh, his props. Um, Tom Hardrecord of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Mm. Phenomenal columnist. Um, I've had discussions with him. And of Patty's situation, he has said, I would write about it if I thought writing about it would do any good. I countered with, that's not your call to make. Your call is simply to write about it and let the chits fall where they may. Mm -hmm. If your column, you know, leads to Patty getting a pension, even a non players pension you know because people in um in the front offices get a pension um even if it's only a non-player's pension that's better than nothing to this day tom hardricart does not write about this sad because uh, because really all this i feel like the situation just needs more eyeballs because i think anyone could see at least morally this is pretty awful and then when you talk about the money that baseball drives in obviously we see a lot of teams now currently trying to cry poor um which we all know isn't the case especially with our beloved cubs and as we've talked about the tom ricketts of the world having 26 billion dollars of td ameritrade stock and you know money everywhere across wrigleyville it's hard to believe that people who have just so much money can continuously find ways to make more money and not use it towards people who truly, truly need it. But, um, of course, we're talking with Doug Gladstone. You can follow him on Twitter at Gladstone Writer. He is the author of A Bitter Cup of Coffee. Doug, uh, obviously, we're going to wrap up here shortly, but I wanted to kind of give you a moment. Is there anything you wanted to throw out here to our listeners, something that they could do to maybe try and help draw more attention to an issue like this? Well, I would implore everyone uh, listening to your show to drop a line to uh, my good buddy, Steve Rogers. And of course I say that firmly tongue planted in cheek um, or air quotes around good buddy. Um, Steve Rogers is the liaison to the um, executive director uh, of the players union, uh, Tony Clark and Steve, you know, it's his job to interface with these players. It's his job to talk up these players. But, you know, Steve doesn't, Steve, let's put it this way, knows where his bread is being buttered. And Steve is not going to make a sound. He is not going to rock the boat. I want people in Chicago to rock the boat. That will help. That will help a lot. Um, somewhere, because I'm not as fully prepared as I should be, <laughs> I have Steve Rogers' direct phone number at the union. I want people to call Steve Rogers. Believe me, he'll answer. He will answer. Um, Steve's number is... Six four six four three zero two one one two. 
That is 646-430-2112. And his email address, if you don't want to call him, is S-T-E-V-E-R at MLBPA.org. That's Steve R at MLBPA.org. Um, Steve doesn't have a lot of nice things to say about me. Versa Visa. That's the feeling. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm sure he doesn't like you telling him that he should probably do his job. But hey, I mean, if someone he's not going to do it, someone's got to, I guess, right? Exactly. But, <laughs> Doug, I appreciate you taking the time today. Obviously, uh, tell the viewers or listeners where they can get uh, get your book at the moment. Um, you can get the and I and I heartily encourage you to get the book. Uh, obviously, um, you can get the book at Barnes and Noble. Uh, Amazon, um, or my publisher directly, uh, Word Association uh, Publishers in Tarentum, Pennsylvania. Um, if uh, if I was prepared, I would give you the toll-free number. <laughs> don't, uh, don't worry about it, Doug. <laughs> yeah. Beyond that, Doug, was there anything else you wanted to say before we wrapped up? Well, uh, again, um, if if you haven't, if you if your listeners haven't heard about this, um, they have now. Mm-hmm. And any, I just want to remind them that anytime baseball is crying foul, um, no, they're <laughs> baseball is doing quite well, quite well. Um, there, there's a guy. Uh, do you have a little town? Named in Argo, is it Argo, uh, Illinois? Oh yeah, yeah, Argo, Illinois. Yeah, yeah, central. Oh, there's a 67 year old man uh, out there named Sheldon Mallory. Uh, Mr. Mallory, who's never met me, uh, went to Argo Community High, and he played at Illinois State, and he spent one year uh, in the outfield for the Oakland Athletics in 1977. Um, I would implore your listeners to call Steve or call the offices of the Major League Baseball Players Association uh, at 12 East 49th Street. Um, Ask for Tony Clark. Um, I'm sure he gets plenty of these messages. I know he doesn't respond to my emails. In fact, I can tell you who's blocked me on Twitter, the Major League Baseball Players Association. Uh, New Yankee pitcher Jamison Talion, who used to be the players rep uh, for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, A lot of broadcasters and journalists have blocked me. Uh, I went mano and mano um, recently with Hall of Famer Dave Winfield, who mm. you might not remember, but in 2006 went to bat for some Negro League players who were still alive. Uh, one of them was Bobo Henderson. I remember that name. Yeah. Uh, and he got what, what was tantamount to $5,000 um, signing bonuses from Major League Baseball. So my point is, if the Players Union can go to bat for Bobo Henderson, and by the way, Mr. Winfield now works for the Players Union, mm-hmm. but if Dave Winfield can go to bat for um, Bobo Henderson, why can't he go back go to bat for a man in the Mexican-American Hall of Fame, Kuno Barrigan. Why can't he go to bat for Sheldon Mallory? Why can't he go bat, go to bat for one of the last two men uh, to hit 400 in professional baseball? Aaron Pointer. Aaron Pointer, um, who was a member of the Houston Colt 45s, and the Astros, Aaron Pointer was one of the last two men to hit 400 in baseball. And he played during a time in the early 60s when, you know, there was still a little segregation going on. 
This is a man who subsequently became the first African-American referee in the Pac-10. He became a head linesman in the NFL. So I don't want your listeners to think that only the white guys got screwed. Mm -hmm. There are Hispanic, Latino, other persons of color who are being really taken advantage of. And it doesn't make sense to me. And obviously it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you. And I hope it doesn't make a lot of sense to your listeners. Yeah, I, I can assure you, Doug, I know plenty of our listeners will agree with us here. This is unfair. And this is something that needs to be brought to light here more so than it already has. But uh, obviously the work you've done here in the past, I mean, decade and a half now uh, has clearly, it, it's substantial, but we need to help get it out to more people. Because I think the more eyeballs people see this, it's going to be hard to, it's hard to say morally this isn't correct. And then seeing when the, what, what the, the, the bottom line is for baseball these last couple of years, especially with the TV deals that they've had with the postseason and what have you, there is plenty of money in baseball and it's time they start putting it in the right places. Sean, you preached into the choir, but uh, yeah. I already knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I thank you for your generous invitation. I thank you uh, to come on the podcast. I thank you for inviting me uh, and for visiting with me and spending so much time um because yes this is my passion project uh you know there's a guy down in south carolina who uh who spent four decades trying to get um shoeless joe jackson off the ineligible list you know i i don't plan upon spending four decades <laughs> doing this um and hopefully you know a remedy will occur sooner than later so again please thank your listeners for me um i appreciate anything they can do that will do it here for today's episode of lockdown cubs we appreciate you guys sticking around on a longer episode of course make sure you're following doug on twitter at gladstone writer on twitter you can also follow me on twitter at sean r sears follow the show at Lockdown Cubs. And if you have any questions for Doug, head to email him at bittercupofcoffee at gmail.com. And then Steve Rogers information. He is the liaison to the executive director of the Players Union. So Tony Clark, it's his job to interface with former players, to talk up former players. Steve knows where his bread and butter is coming from, though, and is refusing to take on some of these harder issues simply because he knows baseball's commissioner's office would not be too happy with him doing so you can contact steve at 646-430-2112 or you can email him at steve r at mlbpa.org let's let steve know we think it's important that former players who have paved the way for current players be recognized for what they went through and that Simply, they deserve to see some of the ridiculous amounts of money that baseball has made the last couple of years in the form of just some type of pension plan that doesn't end specifically when they pass away. Help these families. Help these people. They help the sport. Give back to them. You're making money hand over fist. Make this work. Let's tell them that, hey? With that, you guys enjoy the rest of your day, and as always, go Cubs.